Transportation is a journey connecting us in our everyday lives. This podcast series, TRB's Transportation Explorers, takes you on that journey with meaningful conversations with the experts behind the research. They often have an early eye on how we'll build the transportation of tomorrow. Hi, I'm Elaine Farrell. And I'm Paul Mackey with the Transportation Research Board of the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine based in Washington, D.C. On this episode, we are speaking with Jackie Grimshaw, Vice President of Government Affairs at the Center for Neighborhood Technology, where she works to increase transit access in the Chicago region. Jackie has created and led CNT's transportation and air quality programs. Prior to her leadership at CNT, Jackie was a researcher in hematology and gastroenterology and served as the political advisor in the Chicago mayor's office. She is an active TRB volunteer and is the recipient of the Sharon Banks Award. Welcome to our show, Jackie Grimshaw. We're so happy to have you. Let's start off talking about the behind the scenes of transportation policy. What is the Center for Neighborhood Technologies process for engaging politicians and decision makers into transportation planning? And is it more difficult to get these people on board for things like transit and environmental decisions than other things such as road and economic development? Well, CNT engages the political decision and transportation decision makers in a couple of different ways, and really in many different ways, uh, depending upon what the objective is. So if we're talking about the policy level, you know, we have engaged our decision makers, both from the governor's office to the Department of Transportation to our local MPOs directly, but doing so in the name and as a representative of people in the community. And so how we do that is that we have, over the years, organized different networks, different collaborations with community-based organizations, getting them up to speed about what's going on, listening to them about what their transportation needs are, and so forth. And then we put together a package of local decisions that the community would like to see. And then we engage those officials. So the state legislators, you know, we've done presentations to the transportation committees of the General Assembly. We even got the governor at one point to change our MPL to a new structure that included opportunities for people to have impact on the overall regional goals. So, you know, that's one way. The other way is that we engage politicians is by creating organizations that local folks can meet with and directly impact decisions that are made, particularly at the local level, the local and uh, the city and county level. Whether or not it is about roads, transit projects, bicycle projects, scooters, it's acting as the liaison between decision makers and communities, but always bringing the community perspective to those decision makers. Do you feel like policymakers and stakeholders, well, policymakers especially, do you feel like they're open to more, I wouldn't say experimentation in transportation planning, but more, you know, it's no longer just the days when you're focused on roads. There are, there's so many options that you have to consider. And I imagine the politicians need a lot of education to bring them along as well. I always try and convince transportation decision makers that the best transportation planners are the people who use the transportation system. They know where the bottlenecks are. They know where the barriers are. They know where the service disruptions are. They know where there's no service. They know where there's poor service. So if you really want to 
do good transportation planners talk to and listen to the people who are experiencing those problems every, 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 every day? Because they can point you to whether or not it's potholes, whether or not the need for some kind of traffic control device, whether or not there's danger in terms of cycling on a particular street where they need to have an improved intersection because of disability uh, accessibility, you know, whatever it is, listen to the folks who have to navigate, you know, the transportation system, whatever it is, roads, bridges, bicycles, transit, whatever. They're the ones that can give you the best answers. Do you think we're seeing substantial advancement in essentially the politicians and the engineers and planners listening, just like you, you say? Yes. And I think you can see that in the, the infrastructure package that just passed the Congress. The recognition of the harm that highways did to marginalized and disadvantaged communities in the past. So, you know, it was acknowledged in terms of how do we start to correct the harm that transportation has done over generations. The president having, you know, the Justice 40 program saying that, you know, there have been a lot of mistakes made in the past. And we have to start correcting that. And so we need to start funding, making available resources in communities that need them the most. And that's how you start getting to equity. So it goes from the federal level all the way down to the state level and the city level. For example, this transportation equity network that we put together helped advise the city of Chicago's Department of Transportation on challenges, equity challenges in their strategic plan. So if you read CDOT's strategic plan, you can see very visibly the impact that the community had on that strategic plan. And in addition to that, there's implementation that's part of the strategic plan, and the city is committed to meeting with the community to to discuss implementation, whether or not we're on track, whether or not there are impediments to them achieving. So, you know, that came about because the community said, we want to be involved. The community identified issues that needed to be addressed. As you know, you have been awarded the Sharon Banks Award, which we give to people who have exemplified Banks' ideals of humanity and service. And your career has focused on public engagement and environmental justice, and you just touched upon what you do in those areas. So why are these aspects important to service? And what do you think transportation planners can do and maybe do more of to ensure they're addressing these concerns? You know, it's important to be be of service to the community. It's important that one, you engage that community, that you are available to the community so that if they have an issue, uh, they can bring it to you. Or if you see something that's going on in the community, you can go there and ask, is this what it seems to be? You know, what's the impact on your lives? What's the impact on your ability to have the quality of life? So it starts with engaging and the communication has to be two-way or multidimensional in the case of going to transportation decision makers. So, you know, you can't hope to achieve, I guess, the benefits of people and communities unless you listen and listen to them and take their issues to the decision makers. Now, you know, environmental justice and public engagement and issues to address equity are all focused on the communities that have been left behind, but it also impacts the broader community. You know, if we can improve transit service 
for people who need it the most, those essential workers who kept us alive over the last two years. If we improve transit for them, we're actually improving transit for the whole community. So it may start with addressing a need of communities that have been marginalized and disadvantaged, but it ends up occurring to the benefit of everyone. And so I think, you know, if we, we look at it in terms of how do we provide benefits to those most in need, we will achieve benefits for the broader side. I think that's a very apt and uh, interesting point. So besides being given this award, what else are you looking forward to at the annual meeting this year? Do you have an agenda for what you'd like to do in Washington, D.C. during the conference? Well, you know, I was very excited about the theme of this year's CRB, innovating, equitable, resilient, sustainable, and safe transportation systems. In some ways, get to what I was just saying. If we improve and if we innovate on equity, we will achieve those other kinds of goals and outcomes. We will be more resilient. We will be more sustainable. And, you know, we can all work towards a more safe transportation system. There are a number of workshops that I saw on the agenda that speak to this theme of TRB for this year. Uh, My committees are the Public Engagement Committee, the uh, Environmental Justice Committee, and forgive me, I'm still trying to learn the new names with the reorganizations. Those are not the right names, but it's their, it's their function. Yeah, their function of being involved, uh, uh, providing tools and techniques and education awareness about public involvement and also about how do we get transportation planners, engineers, decision makers to understand the issues of environmental justice and equity. So those committees are always rich with content and new research. You know, the papers were brilliant this year. So I'm anticipating that that would be good, as well as the poster sessions that we always have the committees. And I also, for a long time, was on the Women's Issues Committee. And so I'm a friend there now. I'm not a member of that committee, but I try and keep up with them, as well as some of the modal committees, like right now, push on autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles. You know, those are issues that will impact uh, marginalized communities. So there's a lot. You know, TRB always overloads my brain uh, in terms of keeping up with all of the new ideas and research that's coming out. And also, how do you take that and apply it back in the communities? I definitely understand about TRB overloading your brain. Sounds like you're going to be very, very busy in uh, that week in January. And as you probably know, Secretary Pete Buttigieg is also going to be there. He'll be speaking at the same event where you'll be getting your award. And who knows, maybe you'll have a chance to speak with him there. If you did have a, a minute to speak with him, whether at the meeting or perhaps later, what do you think you would say to him? What are your priorities for the USDOT? I would say to him that I think the bill that passed and hopefully the bill that may pass, the social infrastructure bill, are wonderful. You know, they have a lot of good programs in there, but we will have to have a lot of new rulemaking, a lot of new regulations to implement this. And so I would say to him is that as we add new regulations, we need to look at some of the ones that need to be eliminated. You know, so, you know, we keep adding on regulations and rules, but we're not getting rid of some of the things that exist. And sometimes they are in conflict with each other. So that the staff of DOT go about looking at what needs to be done 
to really implement this is that they need to look and see what might be a barrier to implementation so that, you know, you don't have those conflicts in the community where it says you have to do this. For example, MPOs now have the ability to housing planning along with transportation. Well, you know, what are those uh, impediments that exist currently that MPOs deal with transportation and they don't deal with housing, right? So those kinds of getting things synced up I think is, is my number one priority because I love to see all of the policies implemented, but I don't want, you know, 10 years going by and nothing's happened because there are these impediments. Now, if I had more time, I would talk about a whole bunch of other stuff, but I think, you know, the implementation of these wonderful programs is the most important thing, right? And, you know, I would say put more money in the part that tends to, that's supposed to mend the community. I can't remember what it's called right now. My brain is overloading. I'm so excited talking to you. But, you know, the, it's only a billion dollars to try and reconnect communities. Well, you know, we got to work towards getting, you know, more money there. You know, there's a hundred billion dollars in discretionary. How can that be used to make up for some of the deficits and funding for programs like reconnecting communities? If you'd like one example of a conflict, this transportation equity network we have here, listening to communities. There's a member of our network that is in the area where CREATE project that was funded about four or five reauthorizations ago. It's about clearing up the bottleneck, the freight rail bottleneck. You know, in Chicago, the center of transportation, we have railroads everywhere. And a lot of those railroads are at grade level. And so what happens when you get a two mile long train at grade level, it kills the community. Folks can't get around it. They can't get over it. They can't get under it. So CREATE is meant to try and fix that problem. Well, you know, as we're talking about doing economic development in the community around transit, this CREATE project to deal with this conflict at the surface is going to take out four blocks of housing in this community. So how do you achieve transit-oriented development when you're going to have a, a freight project that's going to destroy a large part of your community? So those are the conflicts that exist that, you know, it's wonderful to have create and to deal with great separation. But at the same time, why does it have to destroy a community in order to solve that problem, particularly when there are alternatives available that wouldn't do that? But this alternative was chosen because it costs less. We can't let money be the driver of decision making. The impact on the community has to be taken into consideration as you look at cost-benefit analysis. Those are the kinds of things that I would say to, to Secretary Buttigieg is that you know we have to get decision makers not to go for the thing that costs the least, but the thing that benefits the community the most. Well, I hate to jump in because you're on a roll, and I think that that's a great message for the secretary, for any secretary of transportation is to, to really look at what's right to do rather than just as cost savings. To shift gears a little bit, let's maybe take it back in time a little bit. How did you get interested in transportation in the first place? And also, you know, your interest in policy and your background, of course, advising the mayor's office and all the TRB work. How did all that come to be on more the personal front? I would say serendipity. My desire always was science. I, my degrees are in biology and chemistry. And that's what I was doing. I did research in hematology, gastroenterology, 
at uh, Michael Reese Hospital here in the University of Chicago. But a friend of mine came to me one day and said, I need help. And he was working for the governor. And at the time I was on maternity leave for my son. And so I said, well, I'll help you, but understand that when I deliver, that's the end of my helping you, right? So he said, okay. And famous last words. Well, it turns out that I did not make the escape when my son was born. I ended up uh, being even more involved in the governor's office. And so here I am, you know, doing this policy stuff for the state of Illinois, and I had no training. So I decided to go and get some training in policy. And so that's why I went to do graduate studies in policy. And so, you know, I got to use my science background on the air quality side of things. Specifically on how I got to transportation was advising the mayor. I was asked by Mayor Washington to direct the mayor's office of intergovernmental affairs. And intergovernmental affairs is that you take the mayor's policies and you work with all of the governments that are coterminous with the city of Chicago. You know, I was dealing with the Chicago Board of Education, the city colleges, the CTA, the RTA, CATS, which was our MPO at the time, Cook County government, and the legislative bodies, the city council, the general assembly, and the Congress, right? So I'm doing all of this stuff. And transportation is always one of those things that even though you're not doing transportation, you're doing transportation, right? So if you're doing economic development, in some way you're doing transportation because you can't do development unless there's some way for people to get there. And so unfortunately, Mayor Washington has a heart attack and die. And so I, I had a variety of different assignments in the interim until finally I'm working in the treasurer's office. I'm deputy treasurer for the city of Chicago. And these folks from CNT came knocking on my door. They wanted to create a transportation program and they couldn't find the right person to do it. And so they insisted that I come and do this. So I ended up going from the treasurer's office to CNT and creating their transportation program. And I've been there ever since, over 30 years now. Sounds like quite a journey. And uh, TRB, I guess, is very lucky that all those people came to you for help. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, you know, as I said, TRB is very stimulating. Last year, the best virtual experience I had last year was TRB. In fact, I was thinking, how can you have the experience of TRB online? Well, there was one whole week that was just devoted to the exhibit, you know, another week that had all of the panels that we would normally have. And it was not the same as being there, but I still got the impact of TRB from a distance and virtually. So anyway, just the interaction. I'm glad that we will be in person this January. Yes, and it will be quite a thrill to see you get your award in person. And that will happen during the chair's lunch on January 12th. So if you haven't already made your reservations for the annual meeting, make sure you do it for that day specifically and the rest of the week. Exactly. And I am so excited. I knew Sharon Banks and I was very happy when TRB created the award. And for me to get the award, it's like a dream come true. So I'm excited. We really appreciate your time, Jackie Grimshaw, and congratulations again for all your hard work with TRB, but also for the upcoming award. Thank you very much. It was great having this conversation. I've enjoyed this as well. TRB's Transportation Explorers is a production of the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. Ben Brown composed our theme music. 
podcast is produced by Paul Mackey and me, Elaine Farrell, and edited by me. Thanks again for tuning into TRB's Transportation Explorers. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. See you next time on the transportation journey.